Hi everyone, you are listening to The Exchange by Evolution, a melting pot of ideas and inspirations shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the APEC region. I'm Jermaine, Senior Consultant with Evolution Recruitment Solutions, and I help connect businesses with top tech talent. And today, I'm your host. Just a disclaimer before we get into the discussion today, all thoughts and views spoken by any of the speakers or myself are only representing each individual and not that of their company that they represent. So... Welcome to another installment of our podcast. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing the topic of navigating changes in the current market, building a career in engineering. And joining me today is Jeremy, who's heading up the engineering team at Connected Freight, and Shiva, the director of engineering at Unravel Carbon. So welcome, guys. So today, we are going to delve into the topic and really hear from our industry leaders, both Jeremy and Shiva, about their insights and experiences. Whether you're a seasoned expert or just starting to explore this topic, you're in for a treat. So sit back, relax, and let's get started. And to begin, um, it would be great to really have each of the panelists briefly introduce themselves. So maybe we can start off with Jeremy, maybe give a little bit of introduction about yourself, where you come from, the company that you represent. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so hi, guys. I'm, I'm Jeremy. Um, I've been in, originally from India. I've uh, been in Singapore for 11 years. Um, I've been kind of building stuff from um, a very kind of like teenage times, and it has mostly been kind of a you know, hobby turned into a bit of a fashion. Uh, and, and for me, it's uh, trying to do something that I like and I I, I kind of enjoy the most. Um, in terms of what I do now, I'm heading an engineering team uh, at Connected Freight. Uh, Connected Freight is a um, logistics tech company. We are um, part of Shell Ventures. Um, so Shell is kind of uh, an institution investor for us and also a customer. Um, what do we do there is mostly around uh, decarbonization, uh, on route optimization. Um, so a lot on the on the green tech side, which I think in the in the recent years has become a big thing. You know, everybody's going into whole climate change stuff. Um, I think that has been a theme for us for a couple of years now. Um, in terms of you know teams, we have like close to twenty plus engineers. Uh, they they are multifaceted. They are across front and back end infrastructure and DevOps and stuff. Um, we are a relatively small company, uh, I would say like maybe around 60 to 70 uh, overall, um, but we have a presence in Malaysia, Philippines uh, and Singapore. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a bit of a background uh, about me. Interesting. Thanks for sharing, Jeremy. Uh, on to you, Shiva. Okay. Thank you, Jameen. Uh, my name is Shiva and I come from Nepal and I've been in taking for almost 10 years now and I have worked in different companies of different sizes so I started with uh, startups mid-sized companies and then joined enterprise and now I'm back again with a startup trying to gather all those experience and implement it to this one and this company is called Unravel Carbon so I'm a director of engineering over here uh, what Unravel Carbon does is we help other companies track their carbon emissions. Uh, we provide solutions to reduce their carbon emissions and everything that goes in the climate tech industry, we are building solutions and softwares to do that in more automated and painless way. And currently uh, we are around 38 people, it's still growing. Uh, we, are, um, we have people from different countries, different places. Uh, we have some people in Vietnam, some in Canada, Australia, 
in different parts of the world. Sounds good. Sounds like both companies are growing at very good trajectory, and I see some common like overlaps in in terms of what you guys are doing at at uh, Unravel Carbon as well as Connected Freight. I believe Jeremy, you have must have said some, and Shiva, you've had some overlapping here and there. So it sounds very good, interesting, and both really com- coming from interesting background. Perhaps you guys could share, you know, um, how did you guys get into the tech industry in the first place? Was it like a no brainer? Was it coincidental? Maybe you can share a little bit more about that, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, like I, I kind of started uh, developing, uh, you know, um, websites uh, when I was like, around like uh, 12, 13. Um, again, it started off as a side in- income because, you know, like, who doesn't like side <laughs> income, uh, especially if you're a student. Um, yep. So I, I kind of started building a website, you know, back in the HTML jQuery ages where, you know, look, websites were not as cool as, as they are now. Um, <laughs> So, so it turned into a bit of, you know, like aha moment for me was like, I, I did start doing it for my, my school, my, my college. And eventually I got like few, few kind of clients through my father. So I was like, okay, I think maybe it's a, you know, there, there is something there. Um, so I kind of started diving into it. Um, and you know, it's been very organic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, in terms of getting into kind of CS, um, the way I see this is like I am more application level led rather than theoretical. So even when I was in college, I was trying to kind of you know figure figure out like how this will work in a real world way rather than kind of you know marking up the books and uh, you know getting it out in, in, in your examinations, which is this is a common theme as well. Um, so so yeah, that's how I kind of got into it. Um, uh, startup is something that I start like so my my first company obviously it was uh, NMNC in India, IBM, and then I when I came to Singapore. Uh, it was a very small startup, like a pre-seed, uh, and that's where I kind of got the flavor of startup because you know coming in uh, from from India into into Singapore, that's like in, in, uh, the it's a different world, right? Um, so and coming into the whole startup culture, like trying to understand that. So I've I've done a lot of things that you know an, an engineer would not do in terms of like we used to work for an e-commerce company and we would do like yeah. I've done bar attending. Right for for events uh, for 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 the for the company because so it's like in, in a startup you just do everything possible uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed my time I learned a lot of things so it, that kind of you know that was was a moment where I was like, okay I'm I'm just gonna stick with it I'm really enjoying it obviously you know there's that's grind but it's uh, it's uh, it's always has its its uh, pros and cons and I'm really enjoying it so you know, here we are. Sounds good. It really does sound very organic, starting off like as a side hustle and then turning into something like bigger and now actually doing it as a full-time career. I believe yeah. that has kind of, you know, shaped the person that you are today as well. So for, for Shiva, is it similar for yourself as well? Also started off organic well, or, you know, introduction? No, for me, it uh, was a bit different. So I first saw computer when I was around six years old. I went mm-hmm. to a friend's house and there was this... Uh, adult at that point he was using computer and i never seen computer in my life before i never knew what it was and then he was doing something that i felt so passionate and so fascinated by the computer over there uh, i wanted to have it i wanted to use it but i couldn't because it was someone else uh, but then a couple yeah. of years later i i got my own computer it started becoming more mainstream that having computer is good and when I got computer, I got very excited. I'll play games. And then <laughs> after a couple of months like playing games, then I started to wonder like, okay, I like it so much. How do they build these games? Mm. And then 
and then I started looking at different options and I didn't have internet that much so I used to script all the books wherever I can find libraries teachers and then uh-huh. I started doing programming and that's how I got introduced and then after that I had a plan long term plan of okay this is what I want to do how do I do it so I planned to way beyond uh, what I could at that point and I chose my university according to mm. that I chose my subject according to that chose every company along the way based on my plan from way back right and Yeah, that's how it's been so, so far. Sounds good. So I guess it's that little intellectual curiosity when you were young that sparked that whole movement and that led you up to where you are today. Wow, both are actually both sounds very organic to me. I wish I had that kind of interest, and I probably wouldn't be. <laughs> I probably would be also a director of engineering right now. But yeah, aside from that, just jokes aside. But yeah, sounds really really good. And thank you so much for sharing about you know how you guys got into the tech industry, and it sounds very inspiring. Honestly, that. Kind of little interest you guys got um, from the beginning and got nurtured over the uh, over the years and to where it's at today. So in terms of you know like f- future, like looking forward to you know long term wise, um, how how do you see your role in currently where you are at in shaping um that kind of like technology future that we are walking towards in like you know twenty twenty three and beyond? Because you guys are both leaders in engineering. So what do you see in the future of engineering? Actually, just really curious about that. Okay, so uh, I'll go first. In engineering, there, there has been uh, a major shift recently. Um, in past, it was you you know how to code, you can get into tech, you can do uh, things, you can build things, but now you need more skills than tech. You need industry knowledge, mm. you need soft skills, you need technical skills. Obviously, you need to combine all those things. That's how you progress forward. You need to have empathy towards your customers. You need a lot more things than you needed like few years mm. back. I I hope that Jeremy agrees with that, right? You might have seen. Yeah, man, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so, so I mean, you know, like we 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 all are going through this phase in in tech, uh, where you know there's layoffs everywhere. There's you know VCs yeah. kind of you know backing backing uh, from from a lot of the investments. Um. Valuations are practically, you know, uh, halved or even even less than that. Um, now, the way I see this is uh, as you know, it's a grim picture, right? But in in this way, I, the way I see this is there's also an opportunity because mm-hmm. in the past, I don't know six, seven years or whatever that is, like you know, um, we have tech tech has created this huge bubble, which was just like, you know, uh, increasing and just burst, right? That's what what she was saying, like you know, it's everybody who could just Program, it was just like, okay, I will just take you, because you know companies have the money to burn uh, in some mm-hmm. sense, right? And and you know now what we are facing is is the is some sort of a reality, uh, and that is applicable for both you know people who work in tech and also uh, companies equally, because um, it's not about just you know how big is your valuation, it's also about you know um, are you generating value for your customers, mm-hmm. uh, are you are you somewhat profitable. Um, because if you don't, uh, if you're not planned through that, then uh, you're, you're in a very, very bad state. And that has been kind of, you know, uh, our uh, thought process, especially in engineering in connected trade, is like how to generate value. And that is not about, uh, you know, uh, working 15 hours a day. You know, it's all about, you know, working six hours a day and generating value if you can, right? Yeah. So 
so it's I think that's one of the things we look at. So it's not just about uh, how technically good you are. You could be an amazing tech guy or you know, tech girl, but you, it's also about you know how you can use that to generate value. And that means you need to kind of collaborate with your product teams. You need to collaborate far more with your sales teams. Understand how you're doing that. And then, uh, you know, figure out where where can you help and where you can improve. You know, gone are the days where you can sit in your small cubicle and, you know, uh, work on your tasks and that's it. You know, nine to five, you know, fun job is, is that kind of stuff. <laughs> so you need to really look at this. And I mean, I, I personally, I've always been in such scenario, like situations or being the startups where, you know, it's it's more of like creating impact and creating value. So for me, it's, mm. doesn't, it, it's not like a major shift. Uh, mm. But like obviously, you know, like overall, it's 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 a it's a big change. I mean, and I think this is going to stay. This is the real picture, right? You know, the inflated valuations and you know people throwing money to burn. I think the yeah. good days, not good days. I would say crazy days are over. So hopefully, good days coming twenty twenty four. Well, yeah, hopefully, yeah, choosing the right word here is very important. Manifestation. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I actually completely agree with what you guys have shared because I think, you know, in the current market, it's not really just about hard skills. It's more of how you balance the soft skills and the hard skills. So I think that's probably the greatest challenge in, you know, even like, you know, current budding engineers looking forward to a role in engineering. Like there are definitely a lot of engineers out there that's curious to know what is really essential to really help them, um, you know, grow quickly in their engineering career. Whether is it like the the, the hard skills, how, how do they actually balance both the hard and soft skills, what are employees? looking out for so you know given you guys like the position that you are in you are oh, both hiring managers um how would you actually balance the hard skills and the soft skills you know what what, what do you think would be you know kind of like a trade-off for you guys if you are you know looking to bring on someone on board um yeah so so i mean i um, i've kind of um my my philosophy uh, is is around kind of seeing where's the potential for the candidate that we interview um and again uh I'm not saying that, you know, I don't want superstars or I don't want like, you know, fantastic photos or anything, but mm-hmm. what I'm trying to see what is the potential, um, yep. you know, uh, and how well they can collaborate, not just with their peers, but also with the wider team. That's very important. So naturally then uh, communication skills become very important. And mm. again, it's not about, you know, how well you can talk is all about, you know, how, how well you can kind of communicate your message you, know, you can just say five words. And if, if it makes sense to the other party, then that's all you need. Right. So you don't need to be a very talkative person. Uh, I think that is a problem, right? When when we say, oh, you need to be communicative, everybody's like, no, I don't want to talk to people, which is fine. I mean, I do, I have days where I don't want to talk to people. But it's, it's all about like, you know, when you when, when you have uh, um, uh, an issue, when you have a, a thought or when you have an idea, you need to be able to somehow be able to communicate that. And I think this yep. is where high, the managers or the leaders come to the picture, right? So that's where they need to help them to kind of mentor them and, and make them mm. feel comfortable to pitch that idea. So pitch their, you know, any sort of um, frustration or any sort, sort of... So mm. there should be always uh, where you could, um, you know, uh, put your hand up and then say what you think is, is right. And then that taken in, in, in a good sense and, you know, not being... Mm not creating any sort of arguments and stuff like that. So I think in overall, that's very important. I think Shiva mentioned earlier, empathy, that is super important. Yep. Um, you have to understand, uh, you know, people in your team, uh, all your peers who you're interacting with, you, know, you need to f- figure out like, what are the problem points uh, they have, mm. and, you know, how you help them. Um, 
again, uh, you know, the, you see this a lot with uh, product engineering. Uh, product is like, oh, engineering is slow. You know, they, they, they always have so many excuses. And engineering is like, ah, product doesn't work. Engineering. What are they talking about? Um, you know, like, but that's, that, that, that means that's a major gap, right? So we need to kind of, you know, it's, it's understanding that gap. So both, both parties are right in their own sense, but it's also uh, finding middle ground. So that yeah. is... Uh, quite quite important so so i think overall uh, i'm i'm a guy who kind of looks at that part more and i think in terms of hard skills if you have potential you can be taught right mm. i mean i mean we, we are not in an industry of launching rockets to moon um, so i think to some extent and you, know, you can you can you can learn that stuff um uh, so it's in that sense i think uh, it's again having a supportive manager supportive leader being kind of mentoring them and mm. making them feel a bit more comfortable right to to voice out their opinions i think that's that's super important right now right right i totally agree because of the shifting landscape so i think like what you guys have shared uh what people are looking out for these days has tremendously changed uh over the years especially after the kind of like the burst of the kind of like you know the the startup big space and people realize that oh my god like you know i'm actually not as good as i seem and maybe i'm a little bit overpaid here and there yeah so i think that's where people kind of manage their expectations but you know on shiva on your end like do you do you kind of um uh, uh, in, in terms of like hiring for, you know, your, your team, Unravel Carbon, what do you think are some of like your, your kind of like, um, you know, hard set mask for the person or some of the trade-offs, like the kind of essential skills that you think would be um, uh, crucial for this person to be able to do well in their engineering career? Yeah, for me, I always have this motto that hard skills are easy to learn, soft skills are harder. So hard skills... Uh, you need some base level understanding, some fundamentals. For example, if you are applying for a senior engineer role, you need to have at least decent amount of programming skills that you can actually do on the job. Yep. Anything over than that, you need to back it up with soft skills, no soft skills. What's your attitude? Mm. How do you collaborate with other people? Can you communicate clearly? And I agree with Jeremy when he said that communication doesn't mean how much we speak or how fluently mm. we speak, it means how effectively can you make other person understand what you are trying to say. It can be text, it can be emails, it can be five words, it can mm. be anything. But it's important that you can make other people understand and how well other people would work with you or gel with you when you are working within a team. So when I hire candidates, I usually try to look more into soft skills after having that primary level of hard skills. I focus more on the soft skills. If you cannot gel well with the team, if you are not open to feedbacks, if you are if you don't have right attitude, mm. I I don't think I would be able to have that kind of person and keep in, in my team. I want someone who is uh, dedicated enough or motivated mm. enough to fail with us or be successful with us. Right. I think that's all very fair points that you guys have brought up and it seems like there's a lot of commonalities that leaders have been looking at in terms of hiring. So I guess hiring hasn't been easy. <laughs> looking yeah. at the kind of hiring soft is, skills. Hiring is never easy. Hiring is the hard, <laughs> hardest part. <laughs> so typically, yeah. um, in, in, in terms of, you know, you guys, you guys have been hiring for quite some time. Um, in terms of the challenge, has soft skills been the hardest challenge, like pain point? Or would you say it's a 50-50 between hard and soft skills? 
I would say soft skills has been the hardest one because okay. sometimes hard skills with years of experience we can assume that you have decent amount of hard skills but mm. soft skills are totally unpredictable uh, it's difficult to test and difficult to figure out from CV at yeah. least Yeah I agree I agree I think I think you know like uh, a lot of the companies have culture rounds right I mean we also have culture rounds um, Yeah but they they are like even though they they help us to kind of understand uh quite a few aspects of the candidate uh, it's still not a full picture i mean how much you can mm. interview right um, so like, at times you are uh, you are kind of taking that you know leap of faith in some sense like according to obviously how the interview code uh, went all yeah. overall um and you know the participation the motivation the potential and that kind of stuff and then you would then make a conscious choice okay i mm. think you know tick 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 and a few things and we can work on that and then we just go for that so uh i mean i agree with you i think it's it's been mostly um, around soft skills i mean hard skills is something you know it's it's, it's as long as they are in the rele- relevant uh, industry and in in fact like mm. i've 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 hired people who have come from um different backgrounds so they have kind yep. of you know not even been engineers and Yep. they've done a fantastic job now so it's the, mm. it's also like understanding you know like what how much motivation potential they have and you know how much mm. urge they have to learn um but yeah i think overall mostly on soft skills uh, in some sense right so definitely attitude over aptitude yeah yeah, just, yeah. i would like to uh, yeah i would like to add one cool. more thing on this one yeah so when people interview and actually in engineers interview with different companies they put a lot of focus on engineering tests like coding yeah. interview or system mm. design interviews and people usually think that cultural interview rounds are the simple rounds you just do yeah. their talk and then it's done but it's actually the most difficult round it's how you present uh, how you show your attitude everything packed within this 30 minutes time mm. that you have So it seems easy but it might be the killer round for a lot of people. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. So typically would you guys put the cultural round as the last round as well or is the first round? Actually actually like for 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 me um I never put culture like as 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 a round right so because like when you talk mm. to people like for right from the in. first first you we, we always kind of, yeah exactly right so it's it's only embedded in the process like right. in each interview you are uh that that also involves like you know uh, i i we do have like uh, assessors like engineers who will assess other engineers and i also what i'd like to understand from them is like you know you would you want to work with them would they want to mm. work with them? And, and if the feedback right after the call when i talk to you know the the the, the new engineers that oh No, I would love to work with this guy. Like, okay, so that's a bit of a you know chill. So it's not like we have a dedicated round of round for culture. We don't right. have like one where we want to like get overall everybody to kind of participate. But for yep. me, I, all this happened from the from the beginning. Okay, yeah. got it. Now for us, we for us we don't have uh, a team round or cultural round. Uh, what okay. we are trying to do is we are trying to break each round and. embed that uh, soft skills and mm. attitude assessment within each rounds but then mm. after the technical part we organize this cross functional interviews so okay you interview with product managers you interview with designs or you interview with completely different team like sales and mm. based on those rounds we understand like how effectively can you communicate with non technical person or right. person from a different background and how do they feel working with you and that mm. has actually been very effective for us mm. 
Got it. So basically, I guess for both companies or, you know, at least for, for you guys, weaving it has been one of like the, the approaches that you guys have been doing, just embedded into the interview. And, you know, like even during the technical assessment, seeing how the person is receptive to feedback will be quite, quite a yeah. key indicator of, you know, Absolutely. the performance. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. I think that's also kind of a, a lot makes the whole interview process a lot more streamlined compared to having a whole separate round for it. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. So in terms of like, um, you know, besides uh, on the topic of like you know really um, um, what's essential for building a career in engineering in terms of like uh, where where trends are moving out at the moment in terms of the development in terms of this career of, of, of someone in the tech space what are some exciting new developments that you guys see in, in this tech space that have kind of like evolved over the years um, in terms of developments and, and changes um, besides uh, on the fact that you know we are realizing that um, no longer just coding is enough. What other kind of key developments have you guys noticed over the years? There, there are a lot of things going on in Taker Space. So every every two years, it's something different, right? Uh, go back two years, it was crypto wave three, and everyone thought wave three is the future. <laughs> go two years back, it's edutech, COVID times, uh, <laughs> uh, streamings, this kind mm. of thing, right? So every two years, there's something coming up. Mm. Recently, it's AI. Everything is about AI. Chat GPT, Lambda, anything else, right? Every two years, something comes up. This will drive the market for some time, but the fundamentals always stay the same. Exactly. The fundamentals is like, you know how to build products, whether it is AI, Web3 or anything else. You use those technologies in different sectors embed those technologies into different sectors. So initially it was only tech, now it expanded to education, healthcare, climate mm. change. How does it transform to different industries where there is limited tech? Mm. That's where the technology is going. Technology is not going about AI. It's not about AI. The AI hype will die soon or maybe will be very saturated at some point and there will be new hype. Because there is always mm. a hype. These are just hype. True. These are not trends. So, yeah, I said go to different industry, enable different industries. Yeah. It's the same what you're doing, enabling the yeah. climate change through technology. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 100% agree. Yeah, yeah 100% agree. Uh, I think um, the there's always a hype, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's always hype around something. And, you know, uh, this is what drives companies to to kind of create ideas and, 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 and VCs to, you know, uh, pump money in and business to be created and everybody gets a fat pay paycheck, right? So like Web3 had created this thing where, you know, you if you if you, if you know how to type, you probably, you know, if you're a good uh, decent programmer, you get paid like 300 grand a year, uh, right? So so like, uh, as he said, like, I think there's this there's hype of AI right now and everybody's like, yeah. chat, 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 chat. Yeah. every single video is, gives me a headache yeah. right now. So, so everybody is trying to make money through ChatGPT um, and you know, apparently there are a lot of people who are doing that. I mean, good for them. But uh, the underlying, you know, underlying principles don't change. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, there might be all these are tools, right? Uh, all these things are tools that you use to actually make something. And mm. uh, it could be you are um, enabling or you're, you're kind of solving a problem in a certain industry or, you know, like you know, in, in, in whether it's in the crypto space or whether it's in the health tech space, whether it's in the edutech space. So like it, it all boils down to what problem you're trying to solve and how effectively you can solve that problem with the tools and the, and the things that's out there. 
right? Uh, and I think that's where you need to kind of really figure out like where it all stands. So uh, it's not about using a fancy tool. It's all about how do you solve a problem in, in, in a more realistic and a more sustainable way. Because like once you solve the problem, then you need to think about, oh, how do I make this sustainable? Right. And I think yep. that's why the whole kind of uh, uh, with a lot of startups you know, we're coming up in the last you know, five, like five, six years where they, they had ideas and they're trying to solve something, but not everybody survived because yep. They, yep. they forgot how to make it sustainable. Right. Um, so. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, in, in this case, there will be always be trends uh, as long as you know, you can kind of understand the problem that you or your company is trying to solve and, you know, are on board. Uh, and you have the right tools and the right people to solve the problem. I mean, you're in a far better place than a lot of other people. Sounds good. I guess you guys are both in very good places trying to solve real, real world problems <laughs> and really sustainable um, solutions to the sustainability issue. So I guess yeah. very good place to be. Definitely not a bubble economy over there. So I think that's yeah. definitely a good place to start. So I, I assume you guys would, would, you know, see yourself staying in this space for quite some time or, you know, do you have any other, um, you know, like I would say interests that, you know, you guys would, would have, um, you know, if, if not for this industry, what would other, what would be other industries that you see a lot of potential in? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, personally for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, who gets bored very fast. Um, and that doesn't mean I leave job every two years, but that also, what that means is like, I, I always try to kind of do something on the side. And I, I always uh, believe that you need to have some, some sort of a, a, a side project that you always work on. Now, whether that mm. makes money or not, that's a different thing. Uh, what it does is it actually kind of gets you out of the bubble that you're in within the company because even if you stay in a company for like five six years you're kind of getting in that bubble right like no matter how the company is doing well or not so uh the the way i see this like i'm very much interested in health tech and think health tech is going to go through a big revolution especially with ai coming into the picture um i've kind of uh, worked with few health tech uh, you know uh, you know services as well so i know that's genuine problem to be solved right there right. Uh, i mean the the sustainability green tech decarbonization that's going to stay uh, for for some time till we kind of solve that problem um so i think that's also another space i'm very much interested in uh, what i'm in right now um cool. and uh, and i think fintech is going to go into a different uh, you know uh, uh, you know uh, expand a bit more about crypto and all that all that stuff that's happening right now so i think fintech is going to expand a bit more in countries which is not really developed so you know there's a lot of countries like indonesia um and and, and vietnam and in india where there's like not so much penetration in terms of all these products so that's mm. that's going to be another big thing big way that will come through in the I'm, I'm hoping at least in the next couple of years Right. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I think it's all very insightful for me, like hearing about the kind of, you know, trends that you guys are seeing or, you know, at least uh, where you see potential in. Shiva, do you feel the same about the the, the kind of spaces yeah. that you, you see potential in? Yeah, I was about to say health tech before you. <laughs> it's health tech because it's, it's very... Great minds think alike, think guys. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a very important topic. Health is a very important topic, and yeah. with AI, machine learning, and a lot of these innovations recently, uh, it's going to impact health tech the most. Mm. We can optimize it more. We can make it much better. The other area I'm looking at right now is supply chain management. So I mm. think that also has a really good potential if someone wants to get into that industry. 
there are a bunch of companies doing that already, but it's increasingly becoming more difficult. Um, there are a lot of problems in those areas, yeah. and having a good tech is, uh, I think, really really good timing now. Right. So the supply chain is one that you see a lot of potential in, um, because of recent trends in development. Wow, actually, yeah, interesting because I see, I, I do see quite a few companies like just coming up from the Southeast Asian countries on supply chain management. So I guess that's really a, a trend that's happening. Interesting, wow. But thank you so much for sharing both of you guys. Really appreciate the time because I think it's all a lot of um, learning points for people within the engineering space. But maybe we can just end off with one last question on um because there's a lot of people um watching this Evolution Exchange podcast who are actually budding engineers and looking to establish their career within this space so if you had to give one advice to people that are looking to really establish their career in this space um, just one piece of advice what would you say is the most important thing for them to you know hang tight in this space okay for the uh, existing people existing engineers or existing anyone within the tech industry uh, I always give everyone this one advice there are a bunch of different advice taking initiatives do this do that but one one advice is care about the product if you care about the product you will figure everything out you will mm. take initiatives you will solve problems you will improve your skills you will do everything you don't need to learn those things mm. just care about the product sounds good wow basically love your baby <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> sounds good yeah. how about you Jeremy yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm a guy uh, with a lot of advices, uh, but you know, in in some sense, I would say, uh, I think the number one thing uh, would be trying to understand the problem that you, you know, trying to solve. Um, I think the 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 faster you understand that problem, the faster you will be able to kind of figure out a solution for it. Now, will that be mm. an ultimate solution? Probably not. You'll probably do twenty iterations to get there. So. That that in 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 turn what makes is you are able to kind of uh, create uh, an impact with generate mm. value, right? Sounds um, now val- value doesn't mean in dollars but value in general, right? So I think that's yep. where uh, I see it's it's the it's the important part. Okay, got it, guys. Well, very, very insightful. I feel that as someone um, that is recruiting within the tech space, um, that's also what I look out for in terms of candidates that, you know, we speak to and making sure that, you know, they are genuinely people that care about the work that they do, passionate people. I think that's something that you can replace with hard skills, the passion for the space, the passion for the product, passion for the industry. I think all these are what keeps people going, um, you know, in the, in the long run, right? Because everything will burn people out. But if you genuinely love the thing that you're working on, then you would put in, you know, be proactive and try to understand your pain points of your customers and try to solve them inevitably in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, everyone. Um, Thank you both our speakers for providing us with, you know, all the knowledge and insight uh, in engineering leadership and, you know, what makes um, someone successful in this engineering space given the current uh, market challenges. So I really hope that um, everyone enjoyed the podcast today and our lovely audience, thank you for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you all the next time when we discuss another hot topic on the exchange by evolution. See ya!